0: Uh, My name is Pastor Brad. We are in a series called Gifted, and so in your bulletin, if you have this outline, go ahead and take that out. We started this message series two weeks ago, uh, Discovering and Developing Your Spiritual Gifts, Uh, with the understanding that God has gifted each of us with spiritual gifts that he expects us to use, to put them into practice, to get on the playing field and make a difference. And uh, so uh, the review I want to share a little bit with you from last week is we talked about what in the world is a spiritual gift. And so let me define it as we defined it last week. A spiritual gift is a God-given ability that enables the Christian to function in God's family with ease, efficiency, and a sense of accomplishment. And so those are the ideas of what, that is what the idea of a spiritual gift is. And the question we asked also last week was, so does every Christian have a spiritual gift? And the answer was yes. Every follower of Jesus, without exception has been given a spiritual gift, and many of you have received many spiritual gifts that God expects you to put into practice and to use. You did not have these giftings before you became a Christian. They were given to you when you became a part of the family of God. Everybody has at least one of these, many of you, many of them. And God does not expect you just to sit on them. He expects you to use them in his family, with his family, with non-believers, sharing these giftings. And so again, last week we talked about why are they so important, and we went through the D-A-R-E. Let me review those very quickly. The D stood for it gives you direction, knowing what you can be involved with, knowing what you can do. uh, A was the accomplishment. That is do something and be able to do it well. So you can accomplish something of how God has gifted to you. The R was the resources that God uses. He has given them to you so that you can use them to build up the body. And then the E stands for encouragement. That when you use these, put these into practice, there's a great sense of encouragement that comes about. And you know, one of those, let me just go off track for just a second here. One of those giftings is actually um, the spiritual gift of giving. And um, that does not have to just be finances. It can be uh, service and time and resources and other things like that. But let me just compliment so many of you. Because even though many people have a, a spiritual gift of giving, we're all, even if you don't have the spiritual gift, we're all called to be generous. And to live a lifestyle that is one of generosity. And so to be a healthy church, to be a growing Christian... You are to be generous in your life. And we started a campaign last fall called 2020 Vision, Free to Look For. And what it was really designed to do was to enable us to be free of the debt that we had on the ministry center and the children's building. And so we discussed this, and we talked about it last fall. And I, I said that if we don't do anything, if we just kind of move along with how we've been paying off that bill, that um, we would pay it off in 2039, Yeah, some of us won't be alive in 2039, right? Uh, But that's when we were supposed to, besides that, we would lose hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest that would go to the bank. And when we saw the pledges that came in and the commitments that came in, we were encouraged because we said, wow, if people start giving on this kind of a level, we could probably have that ministry center paid off by the end of 2016, Well, a celebration has happened. First Baptist, you blew that out of the water because my business administrator came to me this last week, uh, uh, actually the week before, and said, We have done it. I said, What did we do? He said, We have been able to pay off the ministry center now. Yes, very exciting. So thank you, First Baptist. Thank you for allowing us to pay that off and to see ministry take place. Uh, the Spanish church meets there. The Upward Sports Program um, uh, does a lot involved in there, with basketball and practicing and such. We've had outreaches on that campus. It's been an exciting acquisition so that God can use it in, in awesome ways. And what it means now is that we are just focusing on the children's building now. We have about a 2.7, a little over 2.7 million dollar, debt, still on that, and so your giving continues to make a difference with paying that down, and we say thank you. Some of you have said, well, how have we been doing on our general budget offerings? Um, You know, the summer months are tight. They're, they're, They're a lot tougher, and we have been a little bit behind, but I have no doubt if we continue to give and be generous with over and above gifts to the campaign and give our regular tithes and offerings as we do on a normal, regular basis, there's no reason that we can't come through that fine as well. So I just wanted to give you that little word of encouragement because, you know, it's encouraging when we do what God calls us to do and really freeing up our ministry to be more focused on the future and retiring that debt sooner rather than later. So so thank you. Thank you for what you've been doing. Um, Let me go to the next step here, though. It's part two, and that is misconceptions about spiritual gifts. And so we didn't cover this last week. This is brand new. If you weren't here last week, let's talk about some of these misconceptions. Because people say, okay, what are these spiritual gifts? How do you use them? Uh, But there's ideas that may may be a little wrong. And so let me give you a few of these. One misconception is that spiritual gifts are for perfect people. Spiritual gifts are for perfect people. That is, you have to be a super Christian to get them, the Mother Teresa types, um, maybe walk into a crowd, and people kind of swoon over you in adoration because you're so gifted, and you say, "Bless you, my son," and you know those kind of things. No, 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 no. They are for every believer. If you are a Christ follower, invited him into your life, you have some of these gifts. Everyday common Christians, those are way behind the scenes, those are way up front of the scenes. We all have some gifts. In fact let me give you one many of you have the gift of helps and you serve you know those donut holes that you eat for breakfast a healthy balanced breakfast every morning on Sundays when you come in right someone had their coffee and their donuts they said balanced breakfast yeah I said yeah um those donut holes don't just appear here on Sunday mornings you know why they appear here Because someone wakes up early on Sunday mornings, goes and picks them up, and brings them to here. It's a member of our church. And she comes in, and whenever she's coming in the parking lot, she's laying on the horn. Eh, eh, eh. Because we have a group that prays together on uh, Sunday mornings at around 7 o'clock. And when we hear her coming in, then one of our guys, who also has the gift of helps and service, goes out and picks them up from her and brings her in and gets them all set up for us. Those don't just happen. It happens because people say, I will use some of my giftings that God has given to me to make a difference for others. In fact, look at all the information you have in your bulletin. I mean, I mean, there's information on there about a, a mission trip to Honduras that a number of people just went on and used their gifts of uh, of spiritual discernment, wisdom, teaching, service, uh, craftsmanship, whatever it may be. They served in a lot of different great ways. You look at uh, the upward basketball. Excuse me, this one is football that's coming up here in the fall time. That happens because parents step in and say, "Sure, I'll coach. Sure, I'll lead those kids in devotions." Uh, Jaron Blythe, who just helped us with the performing arts camp, all also runs that clinic. Um, what giftings he has, and he's put those into, get into service to say, let me use those. Um, so many things that take place here are because people are using their gifts. It's for everyone. Let me give you a second misconception, though, and that is confusing spiritual gifts with fruit of the Spirit. Now, those are two different things. There's the spiritual gifts, and we've been in this series talking about that, but the fruit of the Spirit is different from that. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit should be in every Christian's lives. That's what we should be striving for. Spiritual gifts are given to us. Those are a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Literally, in the Greek I explained last week, they are grace gifts that are given to us. In fact, let me say it this way just to kind of clarify between, between the fruit of the Spirit and spiritual gifts. Fruit, and you have this in your outline, you can fill this in, fruit shows my maturity. Gifts show my ministry. We all to be, are to be mature in Christ. We all are to strive after love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all the fruits of the spirits. But directed by the given, the given gifts from the Holy Spirit of your spiritual gifts, that shows what kind of ministry and what kind of service you give on a regular basis. All right, let me give you another misconception. And that is thinking that only the visible are vital. Excuse me, vi- vital. Only the visible gifts are the vital gifts to be served with. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Again, last week we talked a little bit about the hand and the feet and the head and the lesser gifts and how you you need all the giftings that come together. I I mean, on Sunday mornings, the worship team in here is very visible. I, I am visible because I'm just up front speaking and sharing. But I... Need the visuals. In fact, last service we had a PowerPoint problem and so the screens were not on. I struggled a little bit with that because I like to have you see the answers up there. I like to use some demonstrations from the screens and such. We have someone who creates those. Karen Neal does a wonderful job of creating the visuals for us and creating the outline that is in your hand, so that you can take it home and read it and remember it and put it up somewhere where you'll remember that. Um, To write down, if you forget a pen or a pencil, you have pens downstairs and upstairs in the pews. Those, again, don't just happen. They come because somebody helps fill those in. The gift of service. uh, The donut holes that you have. Even your coffee. Christian crank, as I like to refer to it as. Um, Because when you don't get it, you are in dire need of it, right? You're just bouncing all over the place. When you get a little bit of that in your system, then you're able to hear me and listen to me. And and, and when you don't have it, you can't do that. You can't focus. Uh, Again, that doesn't just get brewed on its own. It helps because someone steps up and says, hey, I'll give you a hand with that. I will serve and use my giftings. The air conditioning that we all enjoy in this room. We we, we get to enjoy that because someone comes along and monitors that. We have ushers and, and greeters and hospitality people who are all around here checking to make sure that that's fine and that that works out. Those are all giftings. And so it's not just the people who are up front, the visible ones that need to be used. Every gift is vital to the body. Let me give you another misconception. And that is thinking that when I'm using my gift, all will go smoothly. Uh Uh-uh, no way. Uh, wrong. And so what we need to do is we need to be encouraged by Galatians 6.9 that says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let me remind you. Satan does not like the fact that you're hearing about your spiritual giftings right now. He is going to do everything he can to discourage you and to try to convince you you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, that's what happened with Tim and, and uh, Sherry. She all of a sudden was thinking, oh boy, can we really do this? What do we have to offer? What do we have to give? That little voice that she was saying that happened. Yes, that discouragement may happen, but you press on. You know God is mightier. You know He is more powerful. Greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. You use those giftings to serve and step out. Make a difference. Step out. Start the process. Last one I wrote down there was this, a misconception of thinking I should only operate in the area of my gift or my gifts. Only in that area. No, that We want you to be focused in that area because when you have a gift, you just serve in greater efficiency. But don't just think that that's all that we do. In fact, look at the verse there out of 2 Timothy 4, 5. It says, do the work of a what? Of an evangelist. This doesn't talk about a gift. Even though evangelism, some people have that gift. In fact, let me say it this way. Evangelism is a gift for some. But it's required of everyone. We all are to share in some way, somehow. We all are to connect. Maybe i do it in a little different way than you would do it, but you can reach people. You know, Tim and Sherry talked about their neighbors, one in particular that comes, doesn't even know where the books of the Bible are. She didn't want to come to church. She'd rather step into a group where she knows some people and she knows Tim and Sherry, and so they invited her. That's doing the work of an evangelist. You know, in our neighborhood, we have the same thing, that we're praying for people. And my next-door neighbor, I've shared this story before, but for years we've tried to invite him to our church. Doesn't really want to have a lot to do, though, with religion and First Baptist and that type of thing. And, you know, I invited him for many, many years. You know who was able finally to get him to come to our church? My son. When he was six years old, said, I'm getting baptized. Would you come and watch me get baptized? Neighbor came at that time. He came, had a good experience, didn't come around a lot again, but then I got alongside him, I said, hey, you know what, I'm now the senior pastor of the church, Um, would you come and just kind of be kind of what we would call a secret shopper, and would you just come and kind of critique a little bit about what goes on in our church? You get to critique me, and he's like, yeah, I'll critique you, sure, let's do that. And so he came, and I said, now when you come, I'm going to ignore you. I, I'm not going to act like I know you. You don't have to know me. You just come and see how we do as a congregation at First Baptist Church. So he came, and he knocked on my door. He said, all right, I'm ready to critique you. You want to sit down and talk about it? I said, let's do. And he evaluated how I spoke, the things I said, the things I didn't say, the things that maybe we, we talk Christianese sometimes because we know the church language. And so I learned from that uh, and he evaluated all of you as well. He said, number one, he said, that's a big business you got going on down there. He said, not business, but let me tell you kind of how we look at it and, and, and what it is. And, you know, he, he, but, but he thought you all were very, very friendly. In fact, he met a few different people who he knows from other occasions. And he's like, oh, I know so-and-so, I know so-and-so, I know so-and-so. And so he's got a much different view of what First Baptist is. But you know what, folks? I don't want people seeing me. I don't want them seeing First Baptist. I want them seeing Jesus that's ultimately what we're trying to get him to, and understanding what that means. And so, you know, a part of that is, again, doing the work of an evangelist. He came on my territory. When I heard that he was going to give a presentation at Delta College, uh, he, he's a photographer on the side and does some of that, so they asked him to speak there. I said, hey, can, can we come? And so my wife and I, we went and we sat, and we listened to one of his presentations. He did a wonderful job. And then I knocked on his door and said, "Hey, can I uh, critique you now and then?" No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But wait. But I wanted to show interest. I wanted to show interest in what he was doing, as a way of building that kind of rapport with one another. We're all to kind of do the works of evangelism. That leads into invitations. That leads into sharing. And many times, even when people are struggling in life, then they're more open to hearing about the gospel message and the word of hope that you and I have in our lives. Let me share an area where maybe we're struggling as well here in our country. Um, And and this is First Baptist something that I want us to participate in. Um, Many of you have the gift of exhortation or encouragement. I wanna ask you to use it. Because in our our society, um, in the last few weeks, our police officers and our peace officers and our sheriffs and others have gone through some rough, rough times. In fact, I think I just heard the news this morning. Someone mentioned to me right before I spoke last service that in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, three more police officers were kind of targeted and shot. Um, Others were injured. Um, They need a word of hope and encouragement. They need to know that we're praying for them. And so we did a couple of things. Uh, Up on the screen, I think we'll have a picture of the postcard. That is at a table right out there in the Welcome Center. What we're encouraging you to do is just to go by and grab that postcard. If you'd like to fill it out while you're here, just write a word of encouragement to our peace officers in our community. And we'll take those down to them and deliver those and say, hey guys, gals, we are praying for you. We appreciate all that you do for us in the way of protecting us as as a community. That's one thing I want you to do, and so you can either take that home today, bring it back next week, turn it at the Next Step Center, or today, if you want to just fill that out, there's a big wicker basket out there that you can put it in, and we'll be sure and get that to the peace officers um, over the next few weeks. A second one, though, is a little card that we have at our Next Step Center, and these are for uh, a free coffee. And someone in our congregation just said, hey, what about this? Can we show our appreciation to them? I said, that's a great idea. Let me, let's put that into motion. And so it says, Peace Officers Appreciation, thank you for your service. Here's just a free drink. Come on by the church. We have the hours up there. We, we, we love you. We appreciate you. Just come and be appreciated at any time that you can when, when our cafe is open. And so if you have some friends that you know are in that field, or if you just want to take some of those and have them in your car and have them ready when you see some people, uh, Peace Officers, or sheriffs or others do that. So out at the Next Step Center, um, just take one, two, three, four, five of them. They'll give you whatever you'd like there and and use those to show some appreciation. Tonight as well, I mentioned the shock is coming up. Uh, That's another opportunity for us to hear because tonight Chief Eric Jones is going to speak there at the shock. That's at um, Progressive Community Church. Uh, When he was here a year and a half ago speaking at our shock, you as a congregation gave him a standing ovation. I am sure, I am sure he remembers that. Because those, uh, those guys and gals don't always get appreciated very much. They're in they're in line of fire. Even in our paper yesterday, there was more about a lawsuit against the police officers that were involved in the shooting with, um, two years ago, the Bank of the West uh, robbery that took place. That was two years ago. And we just need to remember to encourage them, encourage them, encourage them across our community. So if you'd be a part of that, that's using a gift of encouragement and exhortation that will go a long way. Um, Let me get back to this, though, because on the back side, you see the question that I wrote down. Well, it doesn't actually give you the question here, but here's the question that I'm getting at. How do I know what my spiritual gifts are? Okay, you convinced me. I need to use them. How do I know what they are? Well, that's where many people right next door are discovering those gifts in that class. But let me help you discover a few as well. So you see on the backside at the top, it talks about the spiritual gift survey. And it says, five, that's me. Three, this could be me. One, this is probably not me. Or zero, this is definitely not me. What I want to do is I want to read you a few statements. And when you see or read the statement up here on the screen, or I just read it to you, I want you just to indicate on your paper a 5, a 3, a 1, or a 0. All right? Don't have to think long and hard about this. Just whatever number comes to mind when I read this to you. And uh, let's try this. So A, here's the statement. I feel more comfortable assisting another person than being up front, teaching, or leading. If that is true of you, then put down a five. If it's like, yeah, maybe so, put down a three. If it's like, I'm not thinking that's me, put down a one. And if you know for sure that is not you, put down a zero, okay? Just circle that as I go down these, okay? I'm just going to read them once. We'll go kind of at a fast pace. B, I am often busy building something or doing a task for someone. I am quick to volunteer, What's your area of involvement or what's your area of thinking that that's you? Could be, probably not, or absolutely not. C, I have a practical mind and often see what needs to be done behind the scenes and I'm glad to assist in doing it. Again, five, three, one, or zero. And I'm seeing some of the ushers. Thank you for handing some of those out. If you don't have this, I apologize for that, but you should have gotten those. Um, That's why we have ushers who can help you get some of those. So thank you for doing that. All right. So we took care of those first three. Let's go to the next three. Letter D. I am moved over people in distress and try to do something, even if it's just listening, to relieve the pressure. How much does that fit you? Five, three, one, or zero. E. I am unusually sensitive to individuals who are hurting and want to put my arm around someone who's been embarrassed or humiliated. You are a hug waiting to happen. Alright? If absolutely not, then score low. If yes, that's you, go high. F. I often know what to say and how to lift the spirits of discouraged people. I genuinely love people and try to reach out to meet their needs. All right, let's go on to the next set of three. G, I love to open my home for meetings, groups, and individuals. H, I enjoy making sure visitors feel welcomed and like to make sure they feel comfortable and at home. Or I, I love to have new friends over for dinner to get acquainted Okay. Which level? 5310 of involvement with each of those. Let's go to J. I get special delight from providing something for another believer who could use it. I love giving gifts. How about K? I enjoy giving to those in need, even if it means personal sacrifice. Or L. I would be among the first in a group of Christians to give generously when a financial need is declared. I may not have a lot of money, but I want to give a great deal. All right, last three sets. And I think we put J.K.L. on the uh, outline, but um, that's just a repeat of those. Let me call it M because that's the next letter. I enjoy caring for others and trying to help them know God better. Next one, I would enjoy uh, leading a Bible study, small group, or a community group. And then oh, the last one, I enjoy encouraging people to take the right steps and help them remain true to the Lord. You, You just have a passion for helping people in their walk with God. All right, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to go through and by groups of those three, Circle them up or or, or add them up. So, for example, between A, B, and C, maybe you had a five, maybe you had a three, maybe you had a one. Add those three up and then put your total on the right hand side. So, five, three, and one would make nine. You'd write that out on the side margin where it says total. Then go to the next three, total those three up. Go to the next three, the next three, and the next three. And total those up so you'll have five numbers on the right hand side. Now let me help you and tell you what each of those areas represent. What gift they represent that you may not have known that you had, but today you discover you have a gift. The top one is called helping or helps or serving. And I would venture to say if you had 10 or above that you probably have the gift of helps. Serving. In fact, can I just ask, show of hands, how many of you had 10 or above in that area? Okay? All right. All right. Good. You have, you have that gift, probably, I would say, in your life. Uh, the next area is mercy. It's an area of mercy. You're a hug waiting to happen. You're, you love people. You want to you help them through different things in their lives. How many of you, can I ask again, how many of you had 10 or above in that category? Okay? Okay? Good, good please step out. You need to be in a community group. You know why? Because people need you. They need you in that group to to help them and encourage them and give them that gift of mercy that you have. How about the next group there? Um, Hospitality. Hospitality. In fact, can I ask how many of you 10 or above in the area of hospitality? Okay, You guys need to be at the facilitator forum on Wednesday night. All right? That's for you, because you're hospitable. You could probably open up your home uh, that others can step in here at First Baptist for the fall time. How about um, the next area? Giving. The area of giving. Over 10 on the area of giving? Giving. Terrific! Ushers, get the offering plates. Let's go. Let's do another offering. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Not just finances, but giving of your time, giving of your resources, giving of your uh, able to help other people. And then how about the last one? The last one's interesting because we call it pastoring, but it could also be called shepherding. Pastoring or shepherding, helping people kind of in their spiritual walk or in their growth. And what I encourage you to do right here is the top two that you had. Maybe circle the top two numbers in the top two uh, gifts that you have. Those might be your spiritual gifts. And what they're doing next door right now is they're discovering from the other 22, 23 giftings that we have that we're using, um, which ones rise to the top. And then on Next Step Sunday, we pray that you will take those giftings and say, hey, I'm looking for an area where I can use this gifting. And you get paired up with a ministry. Man, you watch out what happens. When we as a church, when we have the people start doing that, this will change things across our city when we take that specifically um, to heart and start to do it. Now, at the bottom of this page, we wrote down the categories of spiritual gifts. And so let me just take care of this very quickly because we divided the spiritual gifts up into different categories just so you kind of um, can remember them and maybe kind of use some direction in, in the different giftings. And so the G word down there is the guiding gifts, the guiding gifts, which those are the people who have these gifts, they make things happen. They don't just sit back, but they're leading, they're, they're out front leading others and guiding them through um, uh, their spiritual walk. These are the pastor teachers, the apostles, the leadership, and even the administration. Those are the ones who are kind of the guiding gifts. Let me go to the I. That would be the influencing gifts. The influencing gifts, those are the people who communicate God's Word. So while the guiding people may be out front, the communicating, the ones that communicate God's Word, they're up front. They're the ones who are sharing. And those are the gifts of evangelism and teaching and and prophecy, which is preaching. Uh, So those influencing gifts are very important as well. What about the fellowship gifts? The fellowship gifts, those are the ones who care for God's people. They care for God's people. They're very relational, one with another. They're, as I said, a hug waiting to happen. They need these, you need these people in your life. When your life falls apart, you need these people in your life. How about the T, the task, gifts? Those are the ones who support God's work. They support God's work. And many times they're behind the scenes the gifts of helps and giving and craftsmanship and intercession. They're behind the scenes, not seen very much, but they are so, so important for accomplishing the tasks that need to be done. And then the S stands for the support gifts. Those are the ones that are complementing all the other gifts that we have. Now, what do you mean by that? What support? Okay, here's what I mean by that. When you teach, you teach with wisdom. Wisdom. When you um, lead, you lead with wisdom. When you care for people, you care with wisdom. Okay? That, the gift of wisdom supports all those different areas that you are gifted in. If you have the gift of discernment, don't walk around saying, Hey, I got the gift of discernment. That, that's not very discerning, by the way. All right, okay? But use that gift of discernment in the other areas that you serve. That you lead, that you teach, that you guide people—that's how it is. You use that gift of discernment in those other areas of gifting. And um, on this yellow page that you have in your bulletin, I'm not going to have a chance to go over this very much. We'll go over a little bit of the inside more next week. But um, you can see we kind of lump them together in these guiding gifts, the influencing gifts. Then on the inside, the fellowship gifts and the task gifts, and then on the backside, the support gifts as well. And uh, uh, those are what we just kind of want you to start to learn about and to put into practice. And when we, when we use these different giftings, look out. Understand this. Those of you who have those guiding gifts, when you don't use them, then our church will stay small and irrelevant. I, I mean, we'll just be like, okay, where are we going, folks? We don't know. Let's hug each other, though. You know, that's, what... no, we need guidance, people. Hugging's okay, right? Right? Okay. Okay, But we need people to guide us and direct us, to show us where's the vision. Look at the next one there. The influential types of gifts, the influencing gifts. If we don't have these in place, then our church kind of lacks pizzazz, and we stay shallow, and we stay immature. So we need people to influence and to help us to grow. The fellowship gifts, and church and small groups, they will be cold and impersonal if you do not have people who are... Strong in these gifts. We want them to be used in our church. We want them to be used in our community groups. We want those fellowship gifts are so important. And then the task gifts, boy, people don't use those task gifts, the church will practically shut down. I mean, we can't accomplish much of anything. We need people using those gifts, those helps, those service gifts. That's the backbone of what we do. And what I said is if we start using these giftings, Man, watch this, watch how this will work the guidance gifts are used, the guiding gifts, then our church becomes strategically focused. And it's like, here we go. We are on track. And if you start using your influencing gifts, then the church can explode with growth and people can become Christ-like in, in, in their discernment or in their in their Bible knowledge and their teaching that they gain. Then the fellowship gifts, when we start to use those, we become a warm, caring, lovely, loving congregation around here. And then the task gifts, we have people who are growing and a and using those areas to serve because understand this these gifts are not just for the pastors to use they're for all of us to use it is not just for the staff here at first baptist it is for each and every one of us if you are a bible following christian if you are following jesus if you have said yes to him then you are called to be a minister, to be a pastor, to be a shepherd, to be a, someone who is helping others to walk, helping people take their next step and knowing Jesus and making him known. That's not just my responsibility. That's not just our worship team responsibility. That's just not our pastor's responsibility. It is all of us. And when we figure that out, that's when our community changes. When you are being Christ in your workplace when you're being Christ in your neighborhood, man, you watch, you watch things explode at that point. Let me end with a little story. It, it, it's a simple story, but it kind of reminds us where our focus is. Story, it says, there was an old man who showed up at the back door of the house that we were renting. Opening the door a few cautious inches, we saw with our eyes That there was a gentleman with a glassy stare and a furrowed face with glistening silver stubble upon his face. He clutched a wicker basket holding an unappealing vegetable arrangement. He bid us good morning and offered his produce for sale. We were uneasy enough to make a quick purchase and alleviate both our pity and our fear of, of the man. In our chagrin, though, he returned the next week, introducing himself as Mr. Roth, the man who lived in the shack down the road. As our fears subsided, we got close enough to realize that it wasn't alcohol, but cataracts that marbleized his eyes. On subsequent visits, he would shuffle in, wearing two mismatched right shoes, pull out a harmonica... And with glazed eyes set on future glory, he'd puff out an old gospel tune between conversations about vegetables and religion. On one visit, he exclaimed, the Lord is so good. I came out of my shack this morning and found a big bag full of shoes and clothing on my porch. That's wonderful, Mr. Roth, we said. We are so happy for you. He said, you know what's even more wonderful? He said, just yesterday I met some people that could use them. In other words, I don't need these. I'm taken care of. The Lord is good. These were given to me so I can give to someone else. You know, how many of us would think, nope, those are for you, old man. You need these. And he's saying, no, I'm taking care of it. I'm giving this gift to others. You know, the gifts that you've been given are not to be used for you. They're to be used for others. So others can experience Christ. So others can experience the love that he has, the salvation message that we need to help proclaim. So others can be in a community group and receive the love that you get when you're in those groups. So others can be here to hear God's word and realize life really does make sense when God is involved in it. Your gifts aren't for you. They're for others in your lives. And if you don't get that concept, you're missing out on why God has gifted you. Again, my prayer is that you'll discover what your gifts are. And I'm coming here in just a few weeks. You'll be able to say, okay, I'm going to put these into practice in the area that I'm gifted. And I'm going to begin to make a difference. And watch out, Stockton. Watch out, First Baptist. When we truly start to do that, that's when the message of Christ will become real real in people's lives. And my prayer is that you will join in that. Because God did not intend you to sit on the sidelines. He intended for you to get involved and to use those gifts. Amen? Let's pray. God, I I thank you for the gifts that you have given to each and every one of us. Gifts that um, you gave by grace. They're grace gifts. Use. We're edifying and building up and serving the body sharing your message around this community and around the world this so Lord whether it's to our next-door neighbor whether it's on the mission field whether it's right in our own families God the gifts that you've given to us are to be used Lord forgive us if we put them on the side forgive us if we feel like they're we're too old forgive us if we feel like we're unqualified forgive us if we feel like we're too busy God, wake us up so we might be people who see what you've given to us and use those giftings for the purpose that they were given to us. God, you think a lot of us, more than we probably think of ourselves. May we step out as you empower us in doing what you've called us to do. Lord, even now as we worship with one last song, May that song fill our hearts so that when we go, people will know that we have been in your presence. And people won't talk anything about the pastor or the staff at First Baptist. They won't talk anything about even the church at First Baptist. Lord God, they will talk about you and your son Jesus and his great gift to us. For we pray in his name. Amen.